Hey guys, I'm excited to announce that our 2023 Impact Sports Golf Invitational, sponsored by Attestation Communications, is fast approaching on Monday, October 2nd at the beautiful Carolina Country Club, where the Corn Ferry Tour plays their BMW Charity Pro-Am. There's not a more fun way to support the Ministry of Impact Sports than by getting your foursome together and joining so many others, competing on the golf course that day, but also raising the needed funds to help us fulfill the task that God has given to us. If you're not a golfer or you can't be there that day, there are several other ways that you can sponsor the event. All of the necessary information can be found on our website at impactsportsonline.org slash golf. Early bird registration begins on Tuesday, August 1st and runs through Monday, August 21st. If you register your team before the 21st, you'll be entered into a drawing for a free practice round at Carolina Country Club before the tournament begins. Again, all the information can be found on the website at impactsportsonline.org slash golf. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Before we get to that, we'd like to tell you about those that make this podcast possible. Let me tell you about our friends over at First Baptist North Spartanburg. First North exists to connect people to God and one another through Jesus Christ, to help them grow in their relationship with Him, and then to serve others in the name of Jesus. You can join them each Sunday in worship led by the choir and orchestra at 9 a.m. or led by the worship band at 11 a.m. Bible Fellowship meets in between at 10 a.m. for everyone. There's something exciting happening for all ages at First North. You can find them on Facebook or online at firstnorth.org. Also, our friends over at Ivy O'Sullivan Healthcare. They've been the go-to for chiropractic care in Spartanburg since 1977. At Ivy O'Sullivan, they realize some people are nervous about traditional chiropractic care, and they don't want to hear their joints pop during adjustments. So they have other techniques along with traditional chiropractic to help your spine no matter your preference. If you've been thinking about trying chiropractic, let me help you with that decision. My family and I have been patients for years and are grateful for the doctors and their great staff. They've gotten us up and running in some pretty difficult times. I highly recommend giving them a try. Plus, if you mention this podcast, they'll donate 100% of your first day's fees back to Impact Sports. So you can call them at 864-583-3967 or visit ivosullivan.com today to feel better and to function at your best. Welcome to the I Say All That to Say This podcast, an outreach of Impact Sports International. We seek to use sports as a vehicle to take the gospel to the hard to reach, the lost, and and the forgotten. forgotten. Whether that is just 10 minutes down the road or on the other side of the world. Here is your host. Here's your host. Here's your host. Here's your host, John Andrews. Hey guys, and welcome back to the I Say All That to Say This podcast. I'm your host, John Andrews. As we entered this year, I felt God moving me away from what we've normally done to uh, interview friends and help highlight other ministries and what God is doing in and through them. I've always believed that kingdom workers should act as if we're all on the same team, but unfortunately, it's not always the case. But we wanted to use this platform that God's given us to highlight some of our kingdom teammates working in other places and in other ways. Uh, most uh, would not fit the traditional mode of ministry. But in these episodes, we're talking with people who are using their unique gifts to help point people to him and do their part in completing the Great Commission. And that brings me to our guest today. Shama Marima is host, actor, comedian, and musician. He has over 270,000 followers on social media. He's hosted the Dove Awards pre-show and the K-Love Fan Awards. He broke new ground in the entertainment industry when he rapped the VeggieTales theme song. That's, I think, when he first hit it big. Uh, But possibly his greatest achievement to this point was to be the initial producer (laughs) of this podcast. Uh, The the worldwide phenomenon known as Mm. I say all that to say this. So welcome to this side of the microphone. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. It only took, what, two years? (laughs) But also, uh, I am the the reluctant producer because when we first met in a a, uh, taco shop. Yes. uh, A little taco restaurant. Which, I by said, the way, I always think about that because I had shrimp and grit talk, shrimp and grits tacos. Yeah, yeah. I love shrimp and grits. <laughs> Turns out they don't make a very good taco. They're hipster tacos. Yes. They're, they're doing something different over there. Uh, when you explained to me the whole concept of the show, I was like, 
it's not going to work. <laughs> I don't think this is going to work. I don't know if I told you then, but when I walked away, I thought, I don't know, uh, a, a podcast with the host oh, uh, and the Johnny and, uh, okay, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's going to work. But then I'm really glad that we uh, we figured it out. Yeah. I think there was a lot of development that went into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I, I've never known that. So thank you. Yeah. Uh, I feel like we've, we've done something. If someone... As uh, seasoned as you uh, said, this wouldn't work. And uh, here we are on episode 68. Yeah. Uh, something must be going on. So uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, Shama, we'll get into all the stuff you do, but all of the, all of the um, guests we've had, we want to start with the most important. So take us through your Jesus journey. Uh, I know you had a, you you have a unique background yeah. and, and geography was a part of all that. So just take us through your Jesus journey. All right. So I was born in Tanzania, East Africa, moved to the States with my family when I was two years old. And then my family. Now just for clarification. Yes. They were they are native Tanzanian, native Tanzanians. Okay. Yes. So uh, and also they were they got saved in Tanzania in their Oh, I want to say their late 20s. Wow. My mom was Catholic and she wanted to be a nun. Thank God that didn't work out. <laughs> and then my dad was Lutheran and um, and they both, God found them, you know, a little later in life and they just radically changed their lives wow. to serve him. And they were mentored and discipled by a, a Pentecostal pastor in mm-hmm. Dar es Salaam. Uh, Pastor Kiara, who passed away just last year, him and his wife, really sweet, really sweet couple. And so my parents were, uh, they were the, the Pentecostal flavor of Christianity. <laughs> and so when they moved to the States, uh, when we moved to the States, they found a Pentecostal, an American Pentecostal church. Right. And then, uh, we attended, we attended there for a long time and then they became missionaries with the Pentecostal organization, that same denomination, the International Pentecostal Holiness Church headquartered in Bethany, Oklahoma. And we moved back to Tanzania to do mission work when I was mm-hmm. 11. So I'm saying, I say all that to say nice. that church was, oh man, I've been waiting years to do that. <laughs> so church was a, has been a huge part of my life. Evangelicalism has been a huge part of my life ever since I was a kid. Signs, yeah. miracles, and wonders, speaking in tongues, um, laying on of hands. And uh, it, what I even graduated when we moved to Tanzania. I was homeschooled while I was there. Graduated and moved Which to is a, key for some of the other stuffs to come. Very Just key. <laughs> make, take a note. Okay. Um, moved back to the States. And so I just grew up with this understanding of, uh, of I'm, I'm a missionary kid. I'm a pastor's kid. I serve the Lord. I will serve the Lord. That's what I'm going to continue to do. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm currently doing. And so my dad, I remember we'd, we would speak at a church when we were in the States, we'd speak at a church every Sunday morning, Sunday night. And Wednesday night mm. and sometimes Thursday, Friday, yeah. they were doing different events. And my dad would introduce us. He'd say, I'm raising missionaries. Mm. I'm raising, this is my son, Fadili, who was my older brother. He's going to be a missionary. And my son, Shama, he's going to be a missionary. My daughter, Lydia, she's going to be a missionary. And so there was this understanding of, oh, I, that, well, I think we're just going to serve yeah. the Lord in, in um, ministry, full-time ministry capacity. Um, and I moved, when I started Bible college here, uh, I was serving at a church. I was doing all the all the church things that I had known to do. You know, I served at my dad's church because we planted a church every single week I was there. And so when I moved to the States, I just kept on serving at a church. And I quickly realized that, oh, I uh I don't I don't think I'm a good Christian. I, mm. I'm a better minister than I was a Christian. Wow. So I would be invited, you know, I'd speak on Wednesday nights to student ministry and uh and I would go about my life and everything I was doing, the exact, nothing had changed. And that all kind of came to a head when, um, I don't know if the senior pastor recognized that or whatnot, but he fired me, mm. <laughs> not because of any grave error, but ultimately we just kept on butting heads in terms of, you know, how to do ministry mm. and in terms of, you know, buildings, budgets and butts and seats, all the, yeah. the three B's of ministry. <laughs> and so when he fired me, uh, I had this beautiful opportunity to go home, deliver pizza, and listen to podcasts, listen to audiobooks, and really, uh, I mean, I, I will say that's when I really feel like I became a Christian mm. uh, because I wasn't, you know, I wasn't just a pastor's kid and I wasn't just a volunteer to church. I was like, oh, I, I need to be a Christian 
just on my own yeah. and I need to know what that looks like. And mm-hmm. so found a lot of great authors, a lot of great pastors and uh, a lot of people who I met with frequently. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah. So Man, that's what is, part of my story. And I think, um, and especially in our travels um, in, in various cultures, you see this a lot where religion is your, not just your family identity, which is what you're referring to, but it's also a cultural identity. Yeah. And and we, we, we have been places where if you're born to certain parents, mm-hmm. then they write on your birth certificate <laughs> that you are part of that, that um, religion. Right. And uh, I think, it, I think, it's different in other cultures, but here it becomes an identity thing where my identity is Christian. My uh-huh. identity is my denomination. My identity is my church or my pastor or my parents. And it's not Jesus. I I had this after I got fired from being a youth pastor. I remember running into people. Everywhere, because I got a uh, what some would call a secular job, yeah. um, working at a production company that gave me the opportunity I would travel. And so I remember talking. I remember talking to waiters, people in marketing, wherever, anywhere, airports, and somebody. You know, I'd go, yeah, I used to be a youth pastor, but now I do this. And they go, oh yeah, I, w- I worked at a church. Everywhere, yeah. everywhere, especially in the South, people just go, yeah, I used to work at a church. And I'm like, you? Even <laughs> friends that I've known for a long time, you know, yeah. who are hooligans. Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, I worked for a church when I was younger. <laughs> and so I just remember thinking, oh, we've all, it's just a common thing that everybody's yeah. done. Um, and a lot of those people, uh, a lot of those people, their lives aren't, um, they weren't impacted by by Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> even though they worked for him, yeah. you know, kind of air quotes for however many years. Right. Wow. Uh, that's a, that's a lesson in and of itself. Just, uh, recognizing that this, every, every person on the face of the planet. And as I say, the planet, I, I I have all sorts of pictures of faces of skin tones of, um, you know, hair color and Uh eye shape (laughs) and everything else. And everybody has to come to the point where they have their own personal relationship yeah. with Jesus, have to surrender their life. They, they, Their parents can't surrender their life for them. Their church can't do it for them. Their pastor can't do it for them. Uh, what a great uh, picture. But you said as you were doing that, uh, as you were telling us that story, I was a better minister than I was a Jesus follower. Yeah. Man, I think uh, I, you could insert, and, and it may not be as extreme as, as ministry. I was a better churchgoer mm-hmm. than I was a Jesus follower. You know, I was a better friend than I was a Jesus follower. I guess one of those, I mean, being a minister, there was, uh, it's a, a lot of quantifiable analytics. Like, mm. you know, there's how many hard hitting sermons you can kind of, <laughs> I don't know, yeah. muster together or, you know, how many people you air, air quotes disciple or meet yeah. with or, you know, get lunch with every week. Um, but yeah, I think the Jesus following part, um, yeah, that's, yeah, that's a little anonymous, yeah. you know, that's between, uh, you know, that's what you do when yeah. nobody else is there. And so that's right. I, I realized that, Oh, I, I don't know. I don't mm. know what I'm doing. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing if I'm not, you know, on a stage, uh, speaking or, you know, right. working 50, 60 hours a week at a church. Yeah. Making $9,000 a year. <laughs> I, I met somebody a couple of weeks ago and they said that in the midst of the conversation, they said they used to work on staff at a church part time, like you're saying. Yeah. Uh, and and she said, uh, now, you know, just so you know, and she didn't know my experience at the time we were we had just met. And she said, you know, people say they work part time ministry. There's no such thing as part time ministry. If they say they work part time ministry, they're working a full job for part time salary or. <laughs> They're working. Uh, if they work full time, then they're, they're doing three people's jobs, you know. Uh, and so I, I think, you know, yeah. w- that's that's true. Uh-huh. You, we've both seen that. But at the same time, I think sometimes that takes that. That's where actually being a Jesus follower is difficult when right. you're in ministry because you're so busy all the time. And so many people are asking or requiring or wanting something from you that uh, you're constantly pouring out. If you're not carefully 
important, you know, getting poured back into and uh, hooking up your hose to the to the faucet, you know, yeah. and uh, and having having Jesus kind of fill you back up. You're going to run out. Right. And um, and if you don't if you're not connected, if you don't have your hose pipe and we're talking southern stuff here, you don't have your hose pipe hooked up to your spigot. <laughs> then, then you know you're 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 running through the motions, right? And uh, so, thank you for being transparent with that. Um, so your family's growing. My family uh, is growing. Yeah. Yes. So tell us tell us about your family. I I met a wonderful young lady named Grace Todd. So I had to change her last name. So yep. we got married uh, in 20, 2018. We now have three kids. We've been married for five years. We have three kids under under four in five years. Don't do the math. Uh, Ezra is going to be four. Our daughter, Zoe, just turned two. And then our youngest, Lucy, is eight months. And uh, we, I love I love being a, a father. Yeah. <laughs> well, being a husband first and yeah. then a father, yeah. Well, with three under four, you don't have much of a chance to be a husband, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> Only a handful I tell of my, times. I tell my wife that we are uh, we're running a we're running a daycare. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> During the hours of six thirty a.m. to around eight p.m. Yeah, that's uh, that's daycare. So what you're doing is you're growing missionaries. Yeah, just Ab- like your absolutely. Dad said. Yeah. Have uh, you introduced them as missionaries to anybody? Yet? I have not. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Four. I go, here's, this is Ezra, the plumber. Okay. Uh, this is Zoe, the uh, VP of marketing. No, yep. uh, more than anything. No, I think, you know, I think my dad, I know my dad was, he passed away several years ago, but um, he was accurate. Yeah. He did raise missionaries. Yep. Uh, it just wasn't the term that we were thinking yeah. at the time, you know? Well, uh, that's the beautiful thing. And that's why we, I, I love being able to talk to folks like you who don't do it the normal way. You know, we, we don't do it the normal yeah. way, right? Um, when your dad was saying that, he was saying that in a foreign context. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he did fit the traditional role of a, of a missionary. Yeah. And probably what he meant when he said that was that when little Shama grows up, he's going to be in a foreign context telling people about Jesus. And that's what we think missionaries are. Right. Um, but, you know— when when God told us to go, He didn't say how and He didn't say where, mm. and um, and so and 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 if you further and we've talked about this on past podcasts, you further break that down. It's not just go, which we translate to getting in a car and pack traveling up. somewhere. Yeah, pack up, yeah. hopping on plane, something. But the the actual text of the verb is as you are going. And, uh, and that's what you're doing and you're doing it in really creative ways. And we were talking before the podcast, um, what's your, what's your best title? And, and we, uh, last episode we interviewed Brian Narciss and he, and he said Be he's nice. a creative yeah and you say, yeah, or a content creator, but w- how would you describe if you had to describe everything that you do, how do you describe that? Uh, first of all, I love Be Nice. He's yeah. incredible. We, we, we're working on collaborating together. Um, a creative is probably the best term, okay. um, man, because because a lot of people who I talk to who would consider themselves such, uh, we don't really do one thing. Yeah. Uh, also, being creative is almost the uh, on the. <laughs> well, first things first, we freelance. So, you know, we work to make money to sure. pay bills sure. to support the creative habit. This right. horrible, horrible creative. <laughs> ha- in my ter- in my case, it's comedy. My my terrible comedy habit. Um, but yeah, I would say being creative in terms of um, videos, music, uh, social media, on stage, uh, anywhere and everywhere, man. Any opportunity. So all of those kind of uh, bleed into each other. Essentially, it's a lot of Venn diagrams, a lot mm-hmm. of circles that yeah. kind of intersect together. Yeah. And so my wife uh, was an English teacher and, you know, going through the process of writing a couple of books myself, I've, I've become a lot more grammatically aware. And so I think you know that you've made it when you can describe what you do. Like you can describe yourself as an adjective because <laughs> yeah. you are creative, <laughs> but you are also 
a creative. So you've taken an adjective and made it a verb. Yes. And uh, and I, I think that's the true test of when you know that you've made it. So congratulations. <laughs> all I know about English is that uh, adverbs end in L-Y. There I think that's all I picked up. Okay. Well, <laughs> Also, I went to Bible college. So come yeah. on, don't expect much. And your mom taught you before that, <laughs> yeah. which we'll get to in just a second. I, I was reading on your uh, website, um, just kind of give everybody a little background. You said, I just had so much experience from South Carolina to hundreds of churches throughout the Southeast. I saw the gamut of everything and serving on staff at a church certainly would qualify. But you said, I saw the gamut of everything, all the craziest experiences. So church experience plus professional production experience and being moderately funny. I can work with these three. Yeah. Um, that actually was a quote from movie guy, an interview that movie did with you. So <laughs> let's get into what you do. Yes. We, 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 we now know why you do it. Um, uh, but let's get into what you do. Um, if somebody says that, ask that question. Sean, what do you do? <laughs> now, we've said that you you are an adjective, okay? Yeah, yeah. But beyond you being an adjective, I mean, I, that, okay. seems, Sonic, that, well, that almost feels like <laughs> I'm Prince or I'm Madonna. You, you get to one word. Yeah. If you can take one, uh, um, I can't even think of the word now, I'm all, uh, a piece of grammar, make it a different piece of grammar. Yeah. My wife's going to kill me for saying <laughs> An that. An aspect. A, yeah. Uh, yeah. If you can, if you can change it, uh-huh. I mean, you're, you're a big deal. So uh, beyond the name creative, yeah. if somebody says, okay, you're creative, I don't really know what that means. <laughs> what do you do? Well, what, usually when people ask, what do you do? They mean, how do you make money? And the truth <laughs> is, I don't. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm run, I, like, similar to you, John Andrews, I too run a nonprofit mm. called Shama Mrema Incorporated. Now, um, what do I do? So I am a, first things first, I'm a producer. Yeah. Which I mean, I produced uh, this podcast yep. for for I think the first year. Uh, I'm a producer, and then I'm also a a comedian and host. So I'll be invited to events, conferences, camps, churches, and I'll MC or host an event. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the guy introducing the person, or yep. the guy when they're like, "We need somebody to fill three minutes, go!" Yeah. And I'll <laughs> go out and you know, <laughs> kick a giant volleyball or something, you know, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Um, and then. Uh, so let me see here. Let me see here. Yeah, I'm a producer. So I produce, you know, podcasts. I've produced videos, commercials, music videos, training videos, mm-hmm. and then emceeing and stand up comedy and hosting. And then also um, working for myself. Like I'm a, I'm a creator. So mm-hmm. I kind of take a lot of those, that same understanding, my producing knowledge, and then also my hosting experience. And I'll be the talent for videos for myself, whether it's music videos, like I veggie toast remix. I made a song called Chick- Chick-fil-A, but it's Sunday. Mm-hmm. I made a song called homeschool anthem. Oh, yes. So all yes. those are tools that, you know, I kind of wear four or five hats to produce those yeah. and I'll work with my friends and we'll build all this whole thing out. And then I'm there at the beginning, I'm there in the middle taking out the trash after a shoot. And mm-hmm. then I'm there on the very end, editing it and then uploading it. All right. So let, let's, let's pause here and then we'll, we'll post this when we, when we post the, the uh, podcast, but um, you mentioned a couple of biggies, yes. right? Uh, VeggieTales remix. Uh-huh. You mentioned Chick-fil-A, but it's Sunday uh-huh. and you mis- mentioned the homeschool anthem. Yes. Uh Number one, where can people go to find those? Because if you haven't seen those, you need to take 15 minutes of your time and watch the those three are those. those are all available on YouTube. Okay. Yes. So your YouTube channel is it's, what? It's called After School Program. Okay. And sadly, it has nothing to do with school or programs, <laughs> but it, it's really the the naming behind it was uh, almost like a, it's almost like a detention style. All of us have separate jobs and lives, right. me and my uh, the team that I collaborate with, and uh, but we get together, you know, like under after class, yeah. and create stuff, and okay. that's kind of so like it's how we after it. school program, yep. on YouTube, yep, and then Instagram, your Instagram is me Shama for Reels. The number four, R-E-A-L-Z, Shama for Reels, yeah. yeah. So the number four and the Z uh-huh, on the end, uh-huh. Shama for Reels. If you haven't, if you don't follow him, uh, and I know some of you are just like, well, he's already got 270,000 followers. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You need to do it. It's worth it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, especially if you have any kind of church background. <laughs> uh, if you've ever been homeschooled or maybe even made fun yeah. of homeschoolers, <laughs> you need to follow Shama. Yes. <clears throat> I agree with you on being homeschooled and making fun of homeschoolers. Yes. <laughs> I 
I wear both of those hats. Uh-huh. Uh, but then I've also just made stuff uh, a lot recently, kind of making poking fun of church culture. Oh yeah, in terms of uh, pastors, random action tr- action verb, random church. action verb church. Yes. That's the, that's the I love uh, that. That's the fake church that I'm a pastor of. Pastor okay. first name last name is yes. what I go by. Okay, yeah, and uh, we have a lot of promos, and uh, we're very successful. <laughs> well, uh, in the online space. <laughs> you know, security is always an issue for us and where we work and all that sort of stuff. And so maybe I ought to, sh- I should try to go by Mr. First name, last name, <laughs> Mr. First name, last name, <laughs> introduce yeah. myself that way. Yeah. Um, that, that would, uh, that would keep things, uh, <laughs> uh anonymous for yeah. sure. Uh, so VeggieTales remix was kind of your first big one, right? Yes. Yes. Uh, and when did you do that? That was 2018. It came out a couple, almost like a couple of weeks, a couple of weeks before I got married. Okay. <laughs> and she still married you. She still married me. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So it, was it then or was it later? Was it before that when you thought I might could do this as a ministry as, uh, and, and actually make a, be able to support my family? Doing yeah. This? Um, yeah. After that, I had a song called Chick-fil-A that came out, I think maybe eight or nine months before that, um, that, that did okay. And I thought, okay. Oh wow. I think I might be onto something here. And VeggieTales was really, VeggieTales Remix was the catalyst of going, Oh, I think, I think I could, uh, uh, I can replicate this success mainly because I've heard that going viral on the internet is, uh, is, it's almost like winning the lottery. Yeah. And so after I won the lottery a second time mm. with a project that got over a million views, I thought, okay, I'm, I'm heading in the right direction. Yeah. And, um, and the team that I work with, Robert Thorell, PD Bachman, Brian French, a lot of these guys, Chase Bridges, we, uh, we, we just felt confident. We're like, Hey, let's keep on working together. I think we're onto something. Let's, yeah. we, we trust each other. We love each other. It's not about the money for any of us. We really just love creating things and, and we all get to use different, um, uh, our skill set or things that we want to be, you know, do better in, in terms mm-hmm. of like, you know, trying those, trying those talents out on smaller projects, like, you know, projects that we create ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that was, that was really kind of the beginning. And honestly, it, it's still uh, every year I'm still working on projects that uh, I'm trying to, v- v- <laughs> I don't know if the term is validate, but you know, trying to confirm my, my spot that, Hey, I, I think I'm heading in the right direction. And every yeah. year I, th- I think I'm, uh, I'm encouraged and I'm close and this year has been well, just as good. Having grown up in church, being a pastor's kid, just like you, um, I, I find a lot of humor in what you do uh, because, <clears throat> we, you know, I've seen it from the, from the inside out. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I have also seen the church, the big C church, yes. tend to take themselves too seriously. Um, you know, that's, we, I, we were just talking before the podcast, <laughs> we were sitting down, uh, to, to record episode one and you asked me the question, okay, well, how often are you going to produce these? How often do you want to record these? And I said, uh, after this one, never. I mean, is that okay? <laughs> but I, I was thinking, you know, maybe once a month and you being the guru you are said, listen, if you're starting a podcast and you do one a month, unless you are a movie star, then it's not going to succeed. And what was the stat you were saying before we got started? Oh, I don't uh, remember the exact number, but uh, it's something like 70 percent of podcasts never make it past episode five. And, and then like a one, bigger number. Yeah. Producer Jimmy <laughs> just told us that if one percent make it past 21, I believe. Yes. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, as we're talking about that, I had no intention of making it past 21 or certainly not 50. Um, But you're saying, I think you need to do it every week. And Uh I was like, well, number one, I'll run out of stuff to talk about. Which anybody listening will say, John that's Andrews, probably you run out of stuff. To, that's what I was about to that's say. You run out of stuff to talk about. <laughs> well, I would run out of stuff to talk about that people would want. To There's hear. not enough internet for. Uh, <laughs> if somebody's sitting in the room and they're captive, I can talk all day long. But if they have the ability to turn me off, I'm afraid yeah. to know how many people would actually turn me off. Um, but you know, we were talking. All right, how often do we do this? Yeah. And then we we settled on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. But then. We realized in between, we were recording those first two episodes, we realized, oh, snap. Yeah. This month has five <laughs> Tuesdays in it. What do we do? 
And uh, and as we lead into, and for those of you who might be tuning in for the first time, we do something the, uh, on the months that have five Tuesdays called the Top Five on the Fifth. And it is completely random. It has nothing to do with anything. But the idea is, and it's how I usually lead into it, is, hey, everything that we do, we're laser focused on sharing the gospel and reaching the nations. But nobody says you have to be, you, you can't have fun while you're doing it, you know? And, um, and so the, the idea of us just sitting around a coffee shop one night or sitting out in a street cafe in the Middle East, you know, and, and just saying, hey, you're talking about nutso stuff. I mean, the last trip we did, this is, this is, the que- this is one of the questions that came up. We're riding in a, in a bus going from one clinic to the next. We're in the Middle East, by the way. And one guy says, hey, if we were stuck on this bus— and with a bunch of zombie children, <laughs> how many do you think you could kill before you got out of the bus? Or do you think you could get out of the bus safely? <gasps> that was the question. Yeah. And so it's crazy and nuts to, to think about that. But you get in moments and you get closer to people than you expect to maybe on a trip like how that. Many, how many ladies were on the bus? Uh, there were three. <laughs> okay. How many guys were on the bus? Uh, seven. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, yeah. really a, a that's a, well, guys, we, we got to sort that stuff yes, out. Absolutely. <laughs> Zombie kids, how am I getting out of here? Women right. have never thought about that. Nope, nope. <laughs> and then they, were the, they would probably say, I know my wife did at one point, uh, well, they're, they're still, there's a child in there somewhere. We can't kill them, you know? Uh, so anyway, that, but to, to, to the point, I say all that to say this, you take something that a lot of people hold dear and a lot of people hold too seriously sometimes, and maybe even to reference the first part of our conversation, take identity in those things instead of identity in Jesus. And you kind of turn it, turn it on its ear. And, uh, and, and it's funny and, you know, maybe some people are offended, but it makes people think. Yeah. I, I, and I, I love that because you can be as funny and as ridiculous as some of the things that you guys do. I think about the secret church video that you guys did <laughs> and you're running around. Pretty, pretty much Christianity is illegal. Yeah. Pretty much, <laughs> around, you know, the street on the other side of your church. I could, yeah. I could see the setting yeah. in the background. You run around trench coats and that kind of stuff. And I know you got some kickback from that, yeah. but from somebody who's been in those secret churches and right. been in those cultures where you can be imprisoned for your faith or worse, uh, you can be persecuted in a culture, not just by the government, but in a culture, um, you can be persecuted for your faith and seeing that firsthand where people have to trickle in over a couple of four, three or four hours not to draw attention and they can't gather in groups more than 10 or 12. Yeah. Um, and someone who holds that uh, gathering of the body, I hold that sacred, you know, uh, and I've had the incredible opportunity to speak in those settings as well. But at the same time, you know, you, you're you're really in a comical way, you were bringing light to the reality that people live in fear. They live in persecution and they don't have the freedom that we have. And I know you got some kickback from that. Uh, There is a, I can't remember. I don't want to, I don't want to attribute this quote quote to the wrong person, but I think a a guy who was probably closely tied to improv comedy, Mm -hmm. the founding of improv comedy, improv comedy is, uh, is the, the form of comedy that where you, you know, create you stuff on the spot. Yeah. yeah, you make it up. You get a suggestion, a location, uh, a relationship. Uh, he said, he said, make people laugh, and when their mouths are open, while their mouths are open, pour in truth. Hmm. And so, I think there's a when you make people laugh, there's this beautiful opportunity. You see it time and time again with comedians where you think you think you're laughing at one thing, yep. and then they start saying another thing, and all of a sudden you're you're laughing because it's. Oh, whoa. You, yeah. you kind of get punched in the gut. Yeah. And, um, and that's the kind of satire that I like making. Mm-hmm. Uh, we wrote a song called, uh, it's called the worship song song and it's by <laughs> random action verb worship. Yes. The, uh, the worship team of the church that I'm, uh, <laughs> that I'm so proud of <laughs> the digital church. And, uh, and that song, we just go through so many tropes of what worship music sounds like. Yeah. Even to the point where the bridge is, this song's about Jesus. This song's about Jesus. We forgot to mention Jesus, which we strategically wrote. We didn't mention Jesus or Lord or God the whole song, except wow. for this one time. And, um, and so stuff like that is, 
you listen to some worship music and you're like, oh, that's that's what that sounds like. And uh, after we put that song out, it did really well. We put that song out in like March of 2020. We're thinking, oh, it's going to blow up. And then nobody went anywhere. Mm-hmm. For what? Maybe maybe that song was uh, <laughs> hopefully it was part of the reason of that. But uh, I remember some people reached out to me and they were like, man, that song was really good. Now you need to make create a follow up video and explain to people what true worship looks like. And uh, and I remember thinking, no, mm-hmm. I think we've perfectly outlined what worship music shouldn't sound like. Yeah. Uh, and not only is it, is it written really well, it's produced and mixed. It sounds better than most church records you'll ever hear. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because of the team, Andrew Simmons, who worked on it and killed it. Uh, and so that, that just that opportunity that we get to do uh, uh, stuff like that, I think and the book of Christianity was illegal. I have a character I do called loose cannon guest speaker where it's this <laughs> guy. It's just a pastor yelling out absolute nonsense. Yes. And you look at that, you're like, man, that's ridiculous. But if you've been to some churches yes. or some camps, yep. you'll know, oh, this is what I do is almost a watered down version of what most pastors do on a weekly basis yeah. all across the world. Yeah. I've met loose cannon guest speakers in Africa <laughs> and here. Yeah. So it's really yeah. a global phenomenon. The franchise is, uh, is, <laughs> is bigger than McDonald's. Yeah. Um, and so in, in, in that regard too, I'm like, Hey, you know, pastors should not act like this. A speaker, if somebody is on stage preaching and I'm so thankful that my church, uh, Greenville community church allows me to use their stage yes. for those characters. But somebody on a stage like that, should not talk like this guy does. Right. And if you see somebody talking like that, people now, if they if they hear that or they see it, they'll normally send me a message. They'll go, hey, just found a loose can of guest speaker. Right now. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, where? Yeah. <laughs> One time I was at a camp and uh, this guy had started, God forgive me, I can't believe I'm sharing this story. I was at this camp in Oklahoma and um, this guy had started speaking. It's like 2 p.m., you know, post lunch. Yeah. I'm like, this guy starts Nap preaching. Time. And I, I, the moment he start, he opens up his mouth, I kind of knew where he was going just yeah. because I've grown up in church. And I'm like, sure. this is going to be a waste of my time. And I remember I walked out. God forgive me. I just walked out. I just thought this is, this, this is gonna, he was talking, he was just talking nonsense. Five minutes in, he hasn't even touched a Bible. One yeah. of those. Yeah. Uh, I leave. I'm in, I'm walking around the lobby or whatever. I'm talking to somebody. Then I go to the bathroom and I get a text. Hey, loose cannon guest speaker in the main room. <laughs> and I walk in there and he's talking about shooting, shooting cats with paintball guns and stuff. It is one of those. I'm like, dude, you've got this captive audience, yeah. right? We've all, we've, we're all here at this camp. Yeah. And, uh, you have this opportunity to share from God's word or yeah. share some experience, some testimony sure. in light, uh, in, 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 under the umbrella of the kingdom. Mm. And you're going to talk about, your youth, yeah. <laughs> silly things you did in your youth, waste of time. Mm. And, uh, and that's not, that, that's not what it's supposed to be about. Yeah. And so, and that's, that's the kind of content that I love making is just kind of, uh, calling out that stuff. Well, some of that, um, is an attempt to make a connection yes. with the audience. And as you were talking and I'm thinking, all right, so this guy, I don't have any idea how old he was. He's probably in his mid-30s, yeah, and he's talking to right. a bunch of teenagers. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm getting the picture here. Uh, room's dark. It's it's <laughs> after lunch. They've stayed up all night acting like goofballs, so yeah. they're probably sleeping. And so he's trying to connect with them, trying to keep them focused. And as you were talking, because we've run into this and uh, time and time again, where we— have interaction with folks and we don't know if we made an impact. Yeah. No pun intended. Um, and then I'm constantly reminded God's word will mm. never return void. Right. You know, and uh, you don't have to be super cool. <laughs> no. You know, uh, no. God's word will never return void. And and you kind of in a satirical way, of course, and in a funny way, you bring that up. And um, and sometimes People aren't aren't really hitting the mark, and that's why. Well, you want to know what's crazy? Even in the the a lot of content that I make, especially content that pokes fun at the church, usually the people the people who I'm making fun of, um, they also enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, 
So it's a it's a select, you know, the I don't know. I'm Baptist. So I'll say maybe like old school Baptists will be like, this yeah. young man is defined. Yes. But there are a lot of people who are who I've made fun of. Now they follow me. There have been a lot of mega church pastors. Mm-hmm. They'll follow me and they won't comment publicly, but they'll shoot me a message. Hey, yeah. love the last video. <laughs> um, and I'm like, thanks, Matt Chandler. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Brandon Mac. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, they'll they'll follow me. And um, but what was I even where was I even going with that? Did, even the folks you make. Oh, make oh so a lot of a lot of those people uh, like there's one guy I can think of who's a who's a youth pastor in a church. And I've seen him speak before. I know he's the kind of character that I'm making fun. Yes. Of. I'm basically emulating him. Yeah. But he'll go, oh, man, I love watching your stuff, man. You are so funny. And so there's almost like this water on a duck's back mm-hmm. where everybody, people, and especially in like the, I'd say like the, maybe the Western church, yeah. everybody thinks they're doing it right. Yep. And these goofy people mm-hmm. are wrong. And mm-hmm. you're like, no, no, you're part of the goofy people. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, but yeah, so it's good. I kind of skate under the radar yeah. in a lot of that regard since everybody thinks I'm talking about somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they don't know that you're actually talking about them, they, right. they uh, embrace it. Uh, so let's pivot a minute. And uh, you say skate under the radar. This kind of puts you on people's radar when you were asked to do the double words. <laughs> so tell me about yeah. and and maybe briefly share what the double words are so people that are listening may not know and then how you got asked to do it and what that experience yeah. was like. Devil Wards are the are the, like the Christian Grammys. Okay. <laughs> it's everybody who d- doesn't go to the Grammys. <laughs> But are in Christian music. <laughs> uh, it's 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 uh it's hosted by the by TBN. That's where it's broadcast. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I've made some connections with TBN. TBN actually picked up VeggieTales Remix and turned it into a show, a ten episode show that I hosted uh, on a streaming service called Yippee TV. That's still available there. And so I had a connection at TBN, and uh, also all the majority of their team, they're fans of mine. Yeah. <laughs> so also I don't think they recognize how. Uh, I'm going for the jugular with a lot of my jokes, <laughs> but I think that, like I said, it kind of washes over a lot of people. They just go, that young man's hilarious. And I'm like, you know, I'm kind of talking about y'all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but they're all hired me. And so they, they may me. even look around the room and be like, Ooh, he just, he just talked about that person. <laughs> yeah. 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 But they hired me and my friend, co a freaking collaborator, frequent collaborator and, and a writing partner, PD Bachman. And they invited us to host the uh, co-host, the, Dove Awards pre-show. And so we got to interview a lot of Christian artists that that I grew up listening to and some that I even grew up bootlegging their music, (laughs) burning CDs illegally. And I got to tell them to their face, hey, I used to, I made, I used to copy your music onto my, uh, onto my Zoom, Lecrae. (laughs) And so that was, that was really cool. Uh, And so that's, that was just an incredible opportunity. And I did that and also the K-Love Fan Awards just invited again by a connection at TBN. They're like, hey, you always come up in conversation over here when we're talking about events and stuff. And they usually hire musical artists right. to uh, to host those things. Sure. And they're like, we're, we're looking to, we're picking somebody outside of the, uh, outside of CCM. Would you be interested in coming up, coming up to Nashville? And uh, and I'm always interested to go to Nashville. Yeah, who wouldn't be? <laughs> and so I'll go there and do that. So, so it's been really uh, cool. give us a funny behind the scenes <laughs> story. <laughs> Okay. Uh, okay. Or yeah. Well, how about and yeah, uh, a story about somebody almost everybody listening would know. Okay. Okay. So at the Kayla Fan Awards, uh, I'm running around with a camera team, two camera guys, a producer, and my friend uh, and photographer partner of mine named Tony. And so mm-hmm. we're running around, we're backstage. We they we essentially have gold all access passes. We're going everywhere. We're backstage. This is filmed at the. I think the Ryman, mm-hmm. no, Opry, Opry, Grand Ole Opry. Okay. Um, they're in Nashville. And so we're everywhere, you know, we're, we're running around, we're talking to people, we're talking to Torin Wells and Chris Tomlin for King and Country. And I think Mac Powell of Third Day is riding by and we're talking to him. And then afterwards, after we had wrapped, I I was backstage. W. Yes. Yeah. yeah. W. All right. No, 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 no. Yeah, they yeah. wouldn't. They wouldn't let us anywhere near the stage. <laughs> and uh, and they specifically told me even at the Devil Awards, I go, hey, I'm hosting the Devil Awards. And they went, hey, the Devil Awards pre-show. Yeah. Just remind that somebody else is doing the real show. <laughs> You're doing the junior. <laughs> You're doing the D League of the shows here. And so, and so while I was backstage after we had after we had finished, uh, I saw Kirk Franklin 
mm-hmm. who's probably like a foot and a half shorter than me. And I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of short, uh, surprisingly. Uh, and I saw him and I grew up listening to Kirk Franklin. Yeah. I had every one of his CDs growing up, oh, yeah. you know, stomp. And so God's property, <laughs> God's property. Come on now. Uh, I remember my dad bought a, a five disc CD player, the one with like the, oh, unit, yeah. and it rotates. And the two speakers yep. on yep. the side. Yeah. I had that rotate. And so I walk up to him and I don't fangirl over, you know, I've met a lot of them already and some of them know who I am, which is really cool. And I'm thankful for that. Uh, but usually what I try to do, I don't, I don't need a picture, but I just want to go up to people and go, Hey man, I just want to let you know, I really appreciate you. And so I wanted to do this with Kirk Franklin as well. So I, so I walk up to Kirk Franklin backstage. He's with a team and he's talking, he's no, not really talking. He's more barking at people. And so, you know, I, I, I stand to the side like a weirdo, you yeah. know, in this hallway in the backstage of the Grand Ole Opry. And I go, when I get my chance, when I see him, you know, pause, just pause yeah. I'm going to go up to him. And so I go, I walk up to him and um, I go, hey, Kirk, how are you doing? He's like, oh, good. And I go, hey, it's really good to meet you. I just want to let you know, uh, I'm Shama. I was born in Tennessee, East Africa. I was moved to the States. Uh, I was like, I didn't need to go, to go into yeah, my history. Yeah. But I just told him, hey, man, I'm, I'm the son of immigrants. My, your CD was the first CD that my parents ever owned. They wouldn't allow any kind of music in our house, but mm. they allowed your music in our house. And we had a five-disc CD player, and we would play your song, God's Property, all the time, yeah. stomp all the time. Thank you so much for being the soundtrack of my life. And he goes, oh. Thank you so much for coming up and talking to me. <laughs> that was it. And uh, and I just remember thinking, yeah, yeah, no problem. No problem. And I walked away. <laughs> so that was I just I've never felt more insulted in my life. Thank you so much for coming up and talking to me is is really no recognition. No recognition yeah, of that's a powerful story. Yeah. The only <laughs> seat, the first CD in America my parents bought yeah, was yours. yours. Thanks for coming to talk to me. <laughs> that's funny. And I and I keep on replaying that moment. I'm like, was I too eager? Did I like how did I come across? But uh, hopefully I meet him again and I can tell him I'll tell him this story <laughs> and give him a chance to redeem himself or dunk on me yet again. <laughs> Oh man. Anybody else? Any other backstage stories? <laughs> oh man. Uh no, not really. I Which think by that, the way, your accent was spot on. <laughs> the, 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 the Kirk Franklin. Yeah. yeah, he that's how he talks, man. Um oh man. Uh, well, I was just at an event. Oh, I was just at an event in Florida. I was introducing uh, Maverick City Music and a couple of their their label for a for a radio event um, called CMB Christian Music Broadcasters. And so, yeah, I saw a lot of people backstage. And uh, this is funny. So Chandler Moore was there. I don't know if you know him. He's yep. he's one of the front men for mm-hmm. Maverick City. And and uh, who else was there? Todd Galberth, who's who used to be in Greenville. And uh, several other people from a band called House Fires and mm-hmm. uh, and the label as well. So they had a 15 minute slot at this Christian. It's essentially a showcase for musicians, like Christian artists, to play for radio people. So okay. there are about maybe a hundred tables okay. full of five people, you know, yeah. uh, from different radio. K Love, WKZW in Wisconsin, all of yeah. all of them are all there. over. And so I go introduce them and. Uh, and they, they had invited me down. They had bought my ticket the day before. This is like last Tuesday or something. They, a day before they go, hey, we want you to come down here. So I go, okay, great. So they buy me a ticket, uh, my flight. I, I fly down to Florida. And then I didn't know anything about this. But I go, I go, hey, so what do you all want me to do? And they go, hey, you're going to be introducing, you're going to be introducing the, our tribal, our slot. Mm-hmm. And I go, great. How much time do I have? And they go, they go, oh, you have two minutes. That was the night before. The next day. I go, hey, okay, so what are we doing again? They go, oh, you're going to be introducing these artists. Also, the clock starts when you open your mouth, so you're going to have a minute and a half. Oh. (laughs) And I go, all right, all right, that sounds good. And then about a couple of hours go by, we're backstage now, about to go on. And they go, actually, we just timed out the set for all five artists that you're introducing. You have 45 seconds. And if we go over our time... If we go over our time, the event charges $400 a minute. So I think, Herb wait, minute. what? Yes, yes. Everybody gets their 15-minute slot. So I think uh, like t- Chris Tomlin had played the, that at, later that afternoon. Lauren Daigle, she did, her t- she did her set the night before. And so everybody stays within this time limit. Yeah. And so I go, 
guys, what do you want me to do? They're like, just be funny. Just be funny, then bring out Chandler Moore and want run off stage. <laughs> and so and so that's what I did. And I just went out, told a couple of jokes, you know, lights come on, told a couple of jokes, and then I go, hey, anyways, here is the coming up next. A guy who's the you may see him, you may know him from the middle of worship circles. And also he's a guy keeping single-handedly keeping white tank top sails afloat, Chandler Moore. <laughs> <laughs> he walks on stage. He, which I was like, that's probably the wrong introduction for somebody who's about to do a worship song, a two minute worship song. So he comes in, sings, and I go back on stage. And then um, afterwards, <laughs> they were like, "Man, you." And I also I had said I had said it by set in my short one minute set. I said, "Oh, I didn't know what CMB was," but yeah. then I googled it, and I still didn't know what it was. And then I was at an event yesterday and I realized, oh, this is an opportunity for radio execs and hosts and DJs to come together, network, fellowship, and then go home and play the same 40 songs over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> got him. Yeah. And then, uh, and so when I got off stage, some people were like, man, you, you shouldn't have said that. And I'm like, yeah, but it's true though. They're like, yeah, it's actually closer. It's like 12 to 20 songs. <laughs> Not, not I was like, so my joke wasn't even, and yeah. they're like, yeah, it was some guy, one guy was like, like Provident, Sony Provident was like, yeah, yeah, it'd be a miracle if they played 40 <laughs> songs in a week. And I was like, wow. Um, and so afterwards they, uh, tribal tribal is the record label yeah. that has Maverick city. They go, Hey, we want to take a group picture. Let's take a group picture. So it's them, their manager, their, their agents and like five or six of the artists. And I'm in the picture as well. And I'm wearing the same t-shirt that I'm wearing. It's a thrift store t-shirt from Wesley Woods camp. Uh, and I'm in this picture and I take the picture's taken. And then I later go look at this picture after it's posted. And I realize every, all these people, CCM's got big money. So everybody's in way expensive Jordan. Yeah. And <laughs> everybody's in really nice. Like I'm talking Louis Vuitton, uh, uh, body, body bags, uh -huh. or what they call them. Yeah. Um, then I look at the picture. I'm like, wow, I'm the poorest person. <laughs> <in this> <laughs> <laughs> But at least you didn't have a white tank top on. No, at least I didn't have a white. I was like, I knew better than that. I'm like, yeah. come on. Chandler Moore was wearing a white tank top. Yeah, yeah. So my joke held up. <laughs> so just just for clarification, I, yeah. I know the context, you couldn't say this, but in your mind, is there a difference between a white tank top and a wife beater? <laughs> is it the same thing? No, no. Uh, th there is not. Okay, so he was wearing a wife he was beater. He was wearing a wife beater. But you can't say you that. You can't say that. I was yeah, like, yeah, I could yeah. say that. And I wanted, I, if they, if I had more than 45 seconds, I would have said yes. that. I would have said, my manager told me not to say wife beater. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I will definitely won't say wife beater. That was going to be part of right. my, my set. But I thought, no, I, I could have said that. So you I can talk about them only playing 20 or 40 songs. Yeah, I could say that. In in forty five seconds, you couldn't throw out the fact no. that Chandler Moore was a white beater. <laughs> no, no, that I would didn't go know. sideways. Yeah, that would social media. I, you know, I really had to choose. It was a, it was a, it was a light. It was not even a light roast. It was a, it was a flash, a flash fry. So I had to be really strategic <laughs> with, with how I cooked. I hate it. <laughs> That's good. But uh, yeah, I just love. I think it's. Uh, uh, I mean, it goes back to. Um, yeah, like what we kind of opened with. I when I, I worked at a local church. And the youth ministry wasn't, wasn't large. We probably ran about, you know, 30, 40 students. Right. And the church wasn't large either. And I'm not gonna lie. When I got fired, I went into a, like a really deep, uh, uh, man, depression. I don't know. I don't want to use the term depression. I was just very lost. I was mm. very lost mainly because my identity right. had been, I served at my dad's church. I served at a local church. I'm an assistant youth pastor. Now I'm a, I'm a youth pastor. And so when I, when that was, when I was fired from that, when I was fired from not just a, a, a career, but ultimately my identity and my identity was, I deliver pizza. Uh, I never thought I was ever going to have, and I, this is probably like, I don't know if this is self-centered to say, but I thought, oh, I got fired from being influential hmm. because, you know, I had students that I hung out with. They came over to yeah. my house. They slept in my house. They, uh, we had bonfires. Yeah. We'd go out to lunch You know, I'd go to their sports games and all these different. So I just remember thinking, wow, I love, I love having this community. Uh, it was a community mm -hmm. and, and, you know, it was discipling and mm -hmm. I spent holidays at their family's houses and all this. And so when I got fired from that, I remember thinking I'm not. I'm probably never going to get to do anything cool in terms of hmm. 
I don't know, ministry ever again. So yeah. I got a job working at a production company, really wrestled with that because I'm just thinking, we're just traveling everywhere filming and I'm not doing anything. So when I started, you know, I'm just making money essentially. So when I started making stuff and the, and you know, the videos and the content, the music started doing really well. And then I got invited to these events and even being backstage at these, you know, a lot of these shows and, you know, granted, I, <laughs> I'm the least dressed, the poorest <laughs> dressed person there. Um, I still think it's really cool because I think, wow, the the vision, the plan that I had for myself was so local. Mm. And I was really satisfied, like a thousand percent satisfied with what I was doing at the church. And um, I remember I sold even my camera gear. I had some camera gear. I remember I sold it all. Mm. I, gave, I gave a camera away. I sold it all and just thought, I, I want to. I just want to serve God. Yeah. I don't want to speak. Um, I knew I wasn't that good, but I was like, I want to preach. I want to keep doing this. Mm. And so when God kind of removed me from that, uh, removed me from that, you know, from that church and that community and then got a job and started attending other churches, rebuilding my, my faith, I got to create again. Yeah. And now I get to create on a level that people I meet don't, e it doesn't even make any sense. They're mm. like, why are you? why are you backstage there? And I'm like, I don't even know. Mm. They told me about this yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get to be insulted by Kirk Franklin yeah. in Nashville yeah. and uh, only God can open up doors sure. like that. <laughs> but no, seriously, uh, really and truly, I just feel like, um, you know, I thought uh, to me, I thought this is the biggest thing that I can do mm. is love these students, be a part of this church, serve God. Yeah. And then I've gotten to be a part of podcasts and videos and, and events that have reached, I mean, millions, yeah. millions of people just, just via my iPhone. Mm. Um, and I think, wow, wow, this is so much cooler than what I wanted to do. And, uh, me, yeah, I think I know my dad's, uh, what he prophesied kind of yeah. over us, claimed over us. Hey, I'm raising missionaries. I'm like, oh, that, 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 that did come to pass. Yeah. You know, we just didn't have to go to a church every Sunday morning, mm. Sunday night, Wednesday night eat chicken bog and barbecue <laughs> <laughs> and travel across the globe to do so. Just yeah. in my case, it yeah. didn't, that wasn't the same. Path. As, as you are sharing that, I thought of Psalm 37, four, and I think it's one of the most misused passages of scripture or misunderstood maybe is a better, better way. Um, but God tells David delight in me, and I'll give you the desires of your heart. Mm. Well, we see the second part of that. And we were like, hey, I desire a new job. I desire a new yeah. car. I desire new friends. I desire a new boyfriend, girlfriend, uh, an ex, you know, Proverbs 31 wife, you know, whatever uh -huh. it is. And we completely missed the first part of that. And what you're describing is you, you wanted to honor God, but you your heart wasn't yet like his. You weren't delighting mm -hmm. in him, yeah. which if you break that down, delight in him means your heart becomes more like him. You delight in the things that he delights in. And that is when he will give you the desires of your heart. And um, just to, to hear you say, I had to, I had to be fired <laughs> from the church before my heart really started yeah. becoming like his. And then all the doors that have been opened since and things that you never were even thought were possible. It, not even possible. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Even my wife who <laughs> knows me and loves me, she's like, how did you, how are you, why are you there? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, to be honest, I don't know. Right. Because I mean, I work for you and you didn't know yeah. about what I was up to right. online until, you know, for a few months, I'm not great at marketing myself. Uh, I'm not great at talking about, you know, what I'm up to it, it, casually. If it's not a podcast, I'm like, I probably won't share. Hey, what are you up to? I'm like, I create videos and yeah. stuff. And then later people are like, I didn't know you, you, I, I've seen everything. Yeah. Um, and so that's been really cool, but God's just opened up so many things that hmm. even people are like, Oh, what do you want to do next? And I'm like, I don't know. Uh, I know I'll probably do it. I don't know what it is, yeah. but I'll probably end up doing it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I don't really, people are like, Oh, what is, what, what do you dream of doing? And at this point, not out of like arrogance, but I'm like, you know, God's been on such a great, uh, God, God's been so heavily involved and really kind of curating, uh, and really agenting and managing what I've been up to that I'm like, Oh, he knows. And yeah. it's going to be incredible. And it's probably gonna be anything cooler than I could probably dream of right now. <laughs> well, uh, I, I didn't mention this at the beginning of the podcast, but you did 
produced our, the audio version of our book, Utterly Amazed. And, th- and this is not a commercial for the book, but that, that title came from Habakkuk 1.5, which has been our, our core verses of ministry for years. Uh, but it says, look at the nations and watch and be utterly amazed for I'm going to do something in your days that you would not believe, even if you were told. Four years ago, five years ago, somebody said, hey, Shama, you're going to host the Dove Awards. Yeah. Pre-show. Pre-show. <laughs> Let's get that right. I don't uh, want to be sued. You're, yeah. you're going to be the JV, yeah. Yeah, the JV Dove Awards uh, host. Yeah. Um, that, that would have been something so far-fetched you wouldn't have even. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I say all that to say this. There it is. There it is. Um God stands ready to do something in our lives. If we're, if our heart is like his and we're offering up with open hands, the gifts that he's already equipped us with, he wants to do something in and through us that we would not believe even if he told us. Uh, Shama, thank you for being a part of this today. Uh, It's been a blast. Uh, I enjoyed you and how you helped coach me through those early days of the podcast and our and our guests. But it's been so good to have you on this side of the microphone. It's it's been great to be here. Thank you so much. <laughs> it's so good to see you all still progressing. You have a, a cool studio now. Yeah, yeah. And a uh, real producer, not just a not just a young guy. <laughs> you tricked over tacos. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I don't know if you just called producer Jimmy old or not, but we'll. we'll I said a real it. producer. Real, Did I say real? You said not young. Oh, not no, just not just not a just young a guy. Young, oh, yeah. I, I meant I was that was my a naive. I meant young. <laughs> sorry, right. sorry, producer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Producer Jimmy is twenty two. <laughs> for those of you, this is an audio podcast. <laughs> yeah, nobody knows the difference. They can't see the gray in his beard. As a reminder, guys, we will be releasing this podcast on the first and third Tuesdays of every month. If you're brand new to this podcast, you can go back and check out episode one to learn a little bit more about Impact Sports, uh, what we do, but more importantly, why we do it. If you'd like to hear more from us, we're also sending out weekly email devotionals called Thoughts from Outside the Boat. If you want to sign up to get those weekly, you can go to utterlyamazed.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Then also to find out more about our ministry, you can go to impactsportsonline.org or you can also follow us on social media at Impact Sports INT on Instagram and Impact Sports International on Facebook. We will see you next time on I Say All That to Say This.